Hello, it's Liana Bolden with Eternally Speaking Now. So, to love myself or not to, that is the question today. I ask you, is it okay to love ourselves? Should we be loving ourselves? I believe the key to answering these questions is found in defining what love means. What is the definition of love? Well, since God is the one who came up with love in the first place, let's see what he has to say about it. In Mark 12, 29 to 31, Jesus said, The first of all commandments is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Okay, what do we take from this? We get this. Love God, love others, as yourself. Hmm, as yourself. See, when I pondered this, I got tripped up by the word as. As yourself. Does love your neighbor as yourself mean love your neighbor while you're loving yourself? Or does it mean love your neighbor to the same degree as you love yourself? Well, I didn't find a clear answer, (laughs) but the conclusion appears the same for both. Because either way, we're loving ourselves. You guys catch that? It's either love your neighbor while you're loving yourself or love your neighbor to the same degree as you love yourself. Well, clearly in both of these, there's an indication that we are to love ourselves. It almost sounds like blasphemy, doesn't it? Well, let's just ask the next question. What would that look like then? What does that look like? Do we throw caution to the wind and gobble down five donuts? Do we frivolously spend $500 on Amazon jewelry and then lounge on the couch watching junk TV? (laughs) In other words, are we just supposed to go do whatever we want because we think we deserve it? Oh, I'm loving myself. Well, obviously not. Scripture and experience prove that following our flesh and making it, ir- making it do irresponsible things neither come from or produce love. So once again, we find the answer to what does this look like then? What does it look like? If it's not that, we get the answer in the Bible. You see, God who created us is the one who told us to love others as ourselves and He's given a very clear definition of what that means and what that looks like in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. Here we go. Are you ready? These verses, you've know, you know these verses, but now think of them in light of this idea of showing love to ourselves. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient. So I ask. Are you patient with yourself? Love is kind. So I ask, do you speak and behave kindly to yourself? Love does not envy. Hmm. Do I envy the idea of who I think I should be by now? Or what I think I should have accomplished in my life by now? Whose standards am I using to measure myself? Am I envying? 
what I expect of myself and I'm not there yet. These verses also say, love is not puffed up. It does not boast. Hmm, am I thinking more of myself than I ought? Love does not behave rudely. How do you speak to yourself? Is your self-talk rude? If so, my dear friend, you are not speaking in line with the truth and what God says about you. Love also does not seek its own. So we ask ourselves, have I neglected others? Have I been, well, have I been behaving selfishly? Have I exalted myself above others? Feeding selfishness does not have loving results in our soul or in our relationships. These scriptures go on and say, love is not provoked. Wow. Wow. Love is not provoked. Are you easily provoked by people? Are your own thoughts toward yourself provoking an unloving attitude toward yourself? Love thinks no evil. Do you ever call yourself names? Listen, our thoughts toward ourselves need to be true, lined up with the word of God. Otherwise, they're lies. And lies come from the father of lies. And the father of lies is the devil. Do you want to line yourself up with what the devil thinks of you? Or do you want to line yourself up with what God thinks of you? Because love thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Let us ask ourselves now, do I dwell on my faults and sins? Am I speaking curses over myself? Or am I filling my mind with the word of God, which is truth? The scripture says that love bears all things. Am I patiently walking the process of growing in the Lord? Am I being patient with myself and letting the love of God within me bear all things as I walk out my salvation, my, my um, sanctification? Love believes all things. Are you believing what God has told you about who he is as your father and who you are as his child? Love hopes all things. Are my sights on Jesus, my living hope, and all he has promised me? Love endures all things, and love never fails. God's love inside of me should never fail toward him, toward others, toward myself. Whew. <laughs> wow. This is a serious list, and yet a very freeing list and a beautiful guide for us. See, these scriptures, they're not just a nice message for a wedding card. These scriptures are God's word. In fact, they are him. <laughs> Remember, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In, in John 1, we learn that these words are the essence of God himself. He is alive and he is meant to be lived through us. You know, on the one hand, I'm I'm overwhelmed by these verses I just read to you. Honestly, it's just too much to do on my own. I'm convicted 
of how much of lack of love I have towards myself. But on the other hand, I quickly realize it's silly to think I can do all this on my own. Only the Holy Spirit can do love through me. Only the Holy Spirit can do love through you. I believe the only way that we can love God and love our neighbors as ourselves is if we have the love of God working inside of us, the presence of Jesus himself. See, the reason it works this way is because God is love. 1 John 4, 8 and 16 say God is love. Not only does God love us, but he is love. So catch this. If he who is love dwells within us, then we have all we need to love him and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So let me leave you with a challenge. (laughs) As if what I've said already hasn't been challenging, right? Listen, there's so much more to say about this topic, but I do want to conclude with one section of scripture that actually could cause some confusion. God warns us in 2 Timothy 3 that in the end days, which many believe is now, people will become, I'm quoting quoting 2 Timothy 3 now, people will become covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, and lovers of themselves. Well, first of all, let me ask you, does this sound like our culture today? Yeah, what a list. And that's not even the entire section of scripture there. But wait, God is warning us here not to be lovers of our own selves. And I say, uh, yeah, definitely. Listen, this phrase, lovers of their own selves, is from one Greek word. Lovers of themselves is our English translation of Philautos, a Greek word. Philautos is an adjective, meaning, this is its definition, lover of own self, too intent on one's own interest, selfish. Selfish. Philautos, lovers of their own selves, is the opposite of agapeo and agape, which is a noun. Agapeo and agape are the two Greek words for love. In the First Corinthian 13 verses that we've discussed in this message so far. Okay, so I just want to clarify. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. It does not boast. All of that, the word love is agape, agapeo. But lovers of themselves in the end days is philautos, selfish. So let's go back now to the definition of love, the kind of love God says we are to have towards him, towards others, as we have toward ourselves. Here is what the verb agapeo means. Here's the definition. To love, to have preference for, to wish well, to regard the welfare of, to take pleasure in the thing, to prize it above other things, be unwilling to abandon it or do without it, to welcome with desire and to long for. And then agape, the noun, is love, affection, benevolence, charity, dear, and charity feasts. Seriously, 
There's so much more we could say about this. But in conclusion, agapeo is what Jesus did on the cross as he died in our place and for our sins. See, he prefers you. He takes pleasure in you. He prizes you. And he's unwilling to abandon or do without you. He welcomes you with desire. He longs for you. And he wants to have a charity feast with you all day, every day, in communion and in relationship with him. Agape is the love God has for us, the love we fall in love with, the love we love back with towards God, and the love then that spills over to our neighbors from within us. And it's the love we're to show ourselves in patience and kindness and truth, not rude, not evil, not envying. See, when all is said and done, God and his character, as revealed in his word, that's our standard. You will love your neighbor as you love yourself. If the Lord loves you, which he does, then you should show his love toward you too. Do you? <laughs>